This is Wellness 101, brought to you by the Institute of Natural Health, your home for common sense science-based health care. Here's your host, Dr. T.J. Williams. And welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. I am Dr. T.J., and with me as always is Aaron. Hi. We have got a great show today. Um, this this topic that we're going to talk about today is one that we get asked tons of questions about. Um, we get lots of lots of phone calls, um, and I think it's just because we're you know one of the few places that that uh, will help people that are are suffering with this. And what we're talking about today is cancer, and we. Well, there's there's a lot of of treatment and therapy that can be done with cancer right alongside you know conventional medicine with chemotherapy and radiation. Right, if you try, if you choose to go that route, or if you don't choose to go that route, either way, there's there's stuff that can be done. And there's a lot of, um, or there aren't a lot of places other than conventional medicine that even touch it. Right, right. And so I we mean, have, I think we that's have, we have other doctors that that send people to us specifically because they know that we help people that have cancer. Right. I mean, we have people that send, I mean, for those of you listening not in the in our area, we are in uh, St. Louis, Missouri. We have direct referrals from some of the biggest cancer centers in the country. They send their patients to us specifically because the patients request our services. They're like, "Do you know anyone that does, you know, that helps with this, that gives, you know, IV vitamin C and all these things?" And we get direct referrals from from these cancers, these our, top cancer centers in the country. Right, and are highly trained. I mean, we've been trained to uh, not only, you know, do all sorts of IVs. Um, I think we've talked about that many times before. We have it. Um, everyone in our office has extensive training, but we've also been certified to specifically deal with cancer patients, and that makes a big difference because that involves a lot of times accessing a port. Um, there's just, there are more, um, you know, it's more, um, more protocols are in place, uh, you know, there are more guidelines when you're dealing with someone who has a compromised immune system. Right. Um, so there's, it's not something you can just uh, jump into. Right. Exactly. And it's it's something that you know we 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 are excited about the fact that we can help so many people um, when they whether they choose to do conventional medicine or not um, because that's our choice. Um, I'll be honest. The large majority of our patients are doing conventional medicine. Right. This is just the stuff that we do with the nutrition counseling and the high-dose vitamin C IVs and, and hyperbaric oxygen therapy and cryotherapy and whatever other therapy that they may utilize. They're, we're doing that in conjunction with their chemotherapy and radiation or their surgeries or whatever it is that they're doing on the conventional side. Right. And I, we really – we got into – we decided to do this show today because – we, I mean, well, let's face it, everyone who's listening either has, I mean, has been impacted by cancer in some yeah. way. I mean, it just, it's, it's seems like so many people in my own life have been diagnosed. And I think the more that I talk to people, we're all feeling that, that, right. I mean, it's, uh, you know, the cancer rate is increasing. Um, and I know so many people contact you, TJ, about, you know, what would you do if you were diagnosed with cancer? Right. And I mean that's a, that's a great question, and you know because there's not many times that are scarier than getting a cancer diagnosis. Right, exactly. It's a, it's a very scary thing, and I mean I I know that you know without a doubt I would be doing the stuff that that we have in my office, but you know that brings us brings me to another point that I I definitely wanted to get to today in 
doing all the things necessary to hopefully prevent cancer, doing the things where you 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 become as healthy as possible, eating properly, keeping inflammation under control, you know, helping the the body be as healthy as it can possibly be to hopefully prevent anything like that from ever happening in the first place. Right. So today we're going to talk about both preventing and treating cancer. Yes. Um, and, you know, like we said, there are many of our patients who come in with cancer and are going through conventional medicine, uh, you know, for their cancer. And this is just an ancillary service that they're getting uh, while they go through, uh, you know, chemotherapy or radiation or whatever it may be. But, you know, the problem is conventional medicine protocols have a lot wrong when right. it comes to cancer. Right, exactly. They, they do. And the thing about that is in, in the conventional model, which, if again, if you choose to go through the conventional model, that's perfectly fine. But their answer is always going to be surgery, chemotherapy, radiation. They're going to cut, poison, or burn. That's right. what they do. Uh, that that's exactly what's going on with with that model. They they're not, they're not treat- addressing what caused it right. to happen in the first place. And I don't even think they look at what causes it. N- no, they don't. And they they want to they want to take the tissue that it's in. So if it's if it's breast cancer or colon cancer, and then they want to name it that it's this tissue. Well, okay, but what caused it to happen there? I mean, you could have two people that have the exact same experiences, have the exact same stuff. One person gets, you know, colon cancer. The other person gets lung cancer. And they did the exact same things. Well, what's the difference? Why Why did one person end up with colon cancer and the other person end up with lung cancer? The, the situation that is it's it's the environment that they're in that caused the cancer to happen in the first place. It doesn't really matter what tissue it affected. Right. That's not the that's not the point. The point is that something went wrong to begin with. So let's go back and figure out, okay, what were the things that we can do before this happens? How can we make sure that we're eating right, make sure that we're getting enough exercise? I mean, cancer by many, many, many functional medicine practitioners, natural practitioners, holistic health people will tell you that cancer is is really a, a disease of sick soil, right? So if we talk about like growing a, a tree, you grow a tree and you make that tree healthy by by giving it the proper soil to grow in. You make sure the soil is fertilized, it has enough water, it has enough sunlight. That's the sort of stuff that you want to do. Well, the same thing is true in the human body. You want to make sure that you're getting, you know, all doing all the things that are that are necessary. That's a key piece of this puzzle is helping someone before. You want to optimize your health to prevent it's an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Is really what this what this boils down to. I mean, I hope that that's making helping make hope that that's making sense to our listeners out there as far as that goes. But that's one of the one of the big pieces. I mean, you know, right? Conventional medicine focuses on naming diseases based on geography, right. body location, and specialty instead of by the cause, the mechanism, or the pathway involved. Yes, if you want to get technical about it. <laughs> You want to be technical. I thought I was summarizing what you were talking about. Basically, you were. Um, you know, that's right. They, I mean, well, they'll say, okay, it's liver cancer, or kidney, or brain, right. but it has nothing. It they that approach has nothing to do with what the cause of the cancer actually is. Right, and that's the that's true for no matter what condition it is that a person has. I mean, you could have pick anything. Right, exactly. Instead of asking what disease a person has and what drug 
should be used to treat it, we ask why the disease occurred in the first place. Right. What's I mean, the underlining cause that led to the illness? Right. We use lots of I use lots of car and house analogies, and this is a good car analogy. You know, this is like when taking you know the modern medicine approach is like taking your car to the mechanic and asking them to figure out what's going on with your vehicle without actually looking under the hood to find out what's going wrong with the vehicle. They just you just bring it in and say, "Hey, this is, you know, this is what's going on. My engine's smoking." And they just say, "Oh, you know, you, well, your engine's smoking. Let's let's you know, this is what you have." Uh, okay. What what I mean, what happened here? What, we didn't actually figure out what's causing it to smoke. Did, you know, do we have a seal a seal going bad? Do we have a gasket broken? Do we have a piston that's that's not working properly? There are a lot of different things that it can be. We got to give you got to give you the the person a, a chance by telling them, oh, these are the things that you're doing wrong that you can improve upon to help. Right. Functional medicine is looking under the hood. Right. And you know, identifying the condition in which the disease thrives and then we figure out how to change those conditions to prevent and treat the disease that you know you're suffering from. Right. So as far as like a functional approach to people that have cancer, is there a lot of practitioners out there that are, you know, functional medicine doctors or or whatever? The key is that functional medicine, we're we're trying to basically empower the patient. We're trying to help the patients have their express their highest level of vitality and and well-being that's the thing and work working with the person to get at what's actually causing the issue to begin with right that's what we're here for that's what we're trying to do so this whole this whole functional medicine wave that's what it's about is just getting in there and figuring out why it's going on not what is going on i mean obviously we know what's going on things are broken but why is it broken? What happened in, the, in that particular person? What are they missing? Are they missing vitamins, minerals, nutrients, you know, proteins? Are we, do we have lots of toxins in there? Are we exposed to radiation? Like what is happening inside that person that we can, that we can limit or decrease to help them be healthier? Right. Right. And I think that it's the same, you know, cancer is the same with, as we talk about with many illnesses, which is Knowing what it is, I get that that gives, you know, some comfort because we're able to, you know, to identify what it is you're dealing with. People like a label, but it tells you nothing about why it happened. And until you know the why, there's no way that you can treat it, let alone prevent it. Right. And with all this being said, I mean, this just goes back to, you know. There may be a need for surgery for a person with suffering with cancer. There may be a need for chemotherapy. There may be a need for radiation. But there's also a need for getting proper nutrition into that body as well. That can help you tolerate those therapies more. I mean, everybody that's had, you know, that's dealt with someone that's had cancer or knows someone that had cancer, if they're going through conventional treatment, they're checking their blood work on a regular basis to make sure they can actually give them the therapy. They're checking to see, can we actually give you chemo today? And if you if we can't, if your blood labs say that you're you're too weak or you're you've got things that are wrong that we can't give it to you, you can't tell me that nutrition couldn't help that, right? Because well, we know that it, yeah, we, we know, it every day. <laughs> I 100% know that you can give someone enough nutrition that you can keep them healthy enough so they can continue on with their course of treatment. 
I mean, we've had we've had doctors that have told their our patients, "I can't believe that you're you know you haven't lost your hair. I can't believe that you're still walking in. I can't believe that you're still you know going like this. This is not typical. Somebody that's had this many rounds of chemotherapy is not this healthy." And we're just like, well, of, of course, because everyone else is not doing what this person is putting in the work and doing, and they right. didn't figure out what was going on. They're not putting on. back the nutrients that chemotherapy has been depleting. Correct. So, all right, enough of that soapbox. we got to take a break. Um, more on, on preventing and treating cancer when we come back. You're listening to Wellness 101. You're listening to Wellness 101, brought to you by the Institute of Natural Health. For more information, visit them online at theinstituteofnaturalhealth.com. Or by phone, 314-293-8123. And welcome back to the show, everyone. On today's show, we are talking about um, preventing and treating cancer um, using a functional medicine approach. And before the break, we were talking, it was was kind of a hodgepodge. We were throwing lots of information out there. And right before the break, we were talking about how, you know, functional medicine is all about giving people, you know, the – helping them empower them to take control of their health and figure out what it is that's actually causing issues. And then there's also a part of functional medicine where you're dealing with something, you know, you're doing this whole ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. It's a whole lot less cost, more cost effective to figure out what it is that's going wrong before it goes wrong. Right. Well, not even, you know, and not just cost effective. It, I mean, saves you a ton of mental and emotional and physical energy. Um, It just is a better quality of life. And that's really what functional medicine does is it figures out where the imbalances, where are the possibilities that, you know, you could end up with cancer because we can, I mean, and it's not just, uh, you know, I mean, we do some genetic testing and I think that that, um, you know, can be really beneficial, but, you know, we've talked about this before. Genes only matter if you're doing the things that trigger the certain um, genes only matter. Exactly. Because genes can turn on and off like light switches. So just because you have this genetic mutation, that's a pro that could be a problem. If it's not turned on, it's, it doesn't matter. Right. So you could just do the things you're supposed to do and know that even if you have a genetic predisposition, you're not going to end up with cancer. Or if you aren't disciplined enough to do that, and I mean, I'm not saying that as criticism, a lot of people aren't, then we can do genetic testing to show you, hey, you've got to watch this because you have a genetic predisposition for cancer. Um, And, you know, I mean, and that goes for all sorts of diseases and conditions, not just cancer. But that's... that, that's the whole point of what I was saying earlier about functional medicine. It's like we take care of the soil that a plant is growing in. That's that's what we do. You know, it, ask any farmer. A farmer will tell you if a plant is healthy and in healthy soil, pests and weeds and stuff like that don't grow. Right. That's right. the whole. That's the whole point. And so. That's what we're trying to do with a functional approach to cancer is we're trying to make the the soil, the person, healthy enough that these bad things don't take place. That's the whole point is is doing everything that you can to to prevent them because cancer happens because things get out of balance. All disease happens because something is out of balance. All disease happens because we're missing something. Right. We're missing nutrients. We're missing, you know, vitamins, minerals, proteins, things like that. We're missing fats. We're missing. Um, uh, um, I, I'm drawing a blank here on, on where I was going with that. I, I had another sentence and I got ahead of myself. But, you know, 
or we've or we have things like toxins in our system. We have things like toxic metals, things like mercury, cadmium, lead, all these types of things. That sort of stuff is an issue. And so that's the sort of imbalance that we're trying to correct, right? right. So rather than the conventional approach, which is just taking a condition and dividing it up and labeling it based on, you know, what's going on and what tissue is involved, we're looking at, at helping the whole system be healthier Right. At the same time. And I want to jump in, I mean, with my own experience, because I when I was trying to figure out what was wrong with me, I've talked many times on here before about the fact that I was really sick, eventually figured out that I had multiple autoimmune conditions. There were a lot of people that were worried, you know, like, what if it's cancer? And I'm like, it's not cancer. I'm not a candidate for cancer. I was fairly confident in that. And of course, nothing is 100 percent. But there are things that contribute to cancer. There are lifestyles that contribute to cancer. And we're not saying that that is what... Uh, you know, that anyone should feel, you know, bad about having cancer or that's anyone's fault. But there are gen- genetic predispositions and there are lifestyle choices that both contribute to cancer. Right. And so if you're not doing the things that would lead to cancer, you have a very small percentage of chance that you will ever end up with cancer. And it's just that simple. But on the other hand, if you're 200 pounds overweight, and you're smoking three packs of cigarettes a day and drinking a bottle of whiskey every single day of your life, well, you're setting yourself up for some problems. Right. And we actually, we know this also through, there's been a lot of research done on um, people who have developed mesothelioma, which we know is a type of cancer and is uh, triggered generally by the uh, exposure to asbestos. Well, why is it that some people end up with mesothelioma and and had very little exposure and others worked around it all the time and did not end up with that same cancer. Well, a lot of it has to do with genetic predisposition and the other lifestyle choices that they were making. Right. Um, So, I mean, if they were, you know, exposed to it, but they're also a heavy smoker, well, then that's another load, another toxic load on your body. If they weren't taking care of their body, if they weren't eating well, you're going to be more um, apt to end up with developing a cancer. If there's asbestos exposure, it would be mesothelioma, but there could be any other type of cancer, right. you know, also. I mean, you're just, you're going to be more likely to develop some sort of cancer. Right. And, and you know, we have a lot of people that come into the clinic and they'll say things like, oh, well, I have, we'll use breast cancer as an example because that's a, that's a prime example. Oh, well, I have breast cancer. And they think that all breast cancers are the same and they're not. There's estrogen estrogen receptor positive and negative, and you know there's all these different pieces of breast cancer. They they're not the same, but they just get labeled the same. That oh well, I have breast cancer. They could require two vastly different treatment um, modalities for the for these people. One person you know may be a surgical candidate. The other person may not. One person may be a candidate for chemotherapy. Another person may not. There are so many different things that that go into this that it's you can't just say, oh, well, I have the same thing as that person because you don't. Right. It just it's just so they're so vastly different. And unfortunately, in conventional medicine, they just they just throw you in the same box. Oh, well, you have breast cancer. You go in this box. Oh, you have colon cancer. You go in this box. I mean, and the treatments that they that they use, they they have a bunch of different chemotherapeutics available. And they they just start, if you have colon cancer, they start with this one. 
At this facility, they start with this one. At another facility, they may start with something different. Did you know that there's actually testing out there that you can do to figure out what chemotherapeutic agent or what natural agent will have the most impact against your cancer cell lines? There's testing that's available. People come to our office specifically for this testing because we do it. And then we go over that with them and explain to them, look, this is what you, this is where you need to go. Not once have we had a single person come and te- get tested and find out that it was a different chemotherapeutic agent that was more effective against their cancer that the oncologist didn't say, oh, yeah, we can switch to that chemotherapy. It, it doesn't matter. We can go to that one. But that would be like seventh in line. So they would have to go through all these different different chemos before they ever got to the one that was going to work. People don't survive that long. And that's why it's so important if you do have a, I mean, of course, the best thing to do is to figure out where you are, um, you know, health-wise before you ever get a cancer diagnosis. Right. But absent that, the best thing to do is come in as soon as possible after getting a cancer diagnosis because we can really help you figure out, you know, what's the best plan for you because conventional medicine doesn't do that. Right. Unfortunately. Their they, answer is only chemo, surgery, or um, radiation. And there's That's no, their answer. there's no testing to figure out what is going to be the best kind right. for you. And like TJ had said, if you're breast cancer, well, then you're breast cancer and you're in the breast cancer pool where you actually could have more in common with someone who has colon cancer than you do with the person next to you who also has breast cancer. Right. Because when you're looking at what the cause is and why you actually have it, it doesn't really matter what organ it's um, attacking. Right. It do- it just doesn't. Um, and that's not how conventional medicine looks at it. They they separate it out. Right. That's exactly right. And it, and it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be separated like that. You can look at the person and treat the individual, not the condition. That's where that's where we have to get to in, in medicine. So we've got to treat the person and their unique set of circumstances, not, oh, you have, you know, condition one. So we're going to treat you all the same. It makes zero sense. Right. And I know that we kind of sound like a broken record on here because we've talked about this before. It's the same thing that we've talked about with autoimmunity. You know, people are like, well, I have a, you know, I have Hashimoto's. It's a thyroid autoimmune, you know, autoimmune thyroid um, disease. Well, it's it's autoimmunity. You know, I mean, it's like it is affecting the thyroid in you, but we just it you have a lot more in common with someone who has a different autoimmunity than you do with someone who has, you know, some other thyroid condition. Right. So it doesn't, you know, it's if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And I mean, there there are a lot of studies out there that show that a bunch of different things contribute to people developing cancer. Diet is a big one. Exercise is another one. Thoughts, what you think and how you think affects that. Feelings, your emotions matter. Environmental toxins, things like um, like like chemicals that you're exposed to in the environment, heavy metals, um, all these types of things, all play a, a role and influence whether you get cancer, the speed at which it grows, and how it progresses. It's all tied together. All of this is a contributing factor. So knowing what you have going on can be very beneficial in helping to prevent if you know what what's there or if you if it's if you already have the diagnosis figuring out all these underlying things that are contributing to the to the progression of the of the disease. Figuring that stuff out making you healthier around those things are one of the things that you can do. I mean, if you're eating a diet that is just sugar, full of sugar, lots and lots of sugar and when you, you know, 
when you're putting sugar on top of your sugar, you've got an issue. If you're not exercising, if you're under lots of stress, if we've got all these pollutants and, right. and if chemicals. You're not sleeping. If you're not sleeping, toxic, all of these things cause cancer. But if you can improve, you know, changing your diet, eating a healthy diet that's specific for you, improving your physical activity, change your how you think and how you react to stress. And get your body to detoxify. So many people don't detoxify. I mean, I can't tell you how many people. I mean, just I'm going to say it. People don't poop the way they're supposed to. If you are not pooping every single day, you're not getting toxins out of your system. If you're constipated, that's a problem. And you're setting yourself up for other issues, not just cancer, but other health issues as well. Right? So on that note... We'll take another break, and when we come back, I want to get into talking about you know strategy strategies that you can d- employ to decrease um, your risk of developing cancer, and really just kind of bring it all together for everyone that's out there listening. You're listening to Wellness 101. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, everyone. I'm Dr. TJ, and on today's show, we've been talking about um, functional medicine approaches to preventing and treating cancer or people with cancer. So one of the things I want to get into, because, you know, we've, we've spent a lot of time talking about the, the, the whole issue. I want to get into, like, what are the things that can be done to actually reduce your risk of developing cancer or if you already have it, how we can help you become healthier and help your system fight this this disease itself. Right. Prevent right. the cancer from spreading and from growing, um, yeah. you know, and just making you healthier overall. Because let's face it, the people who are listening to us, that's what they want to know. That's right? exactly right. It's what they want to know. So like I said before, cancer happens because the system is out of balance. One of two things took place. You either your, your system either needs to get something like vitamins, minerals, nutrients, or it needs to get rid of something like toxins, infections, things like that. And so when we have those things out of balance, if we, if we don't have enough nutrients or if we have you know toxic metals, pollutants, bugs, infections, stuff like that, we have issues that we have to deal with. That's the underlying cause is figuring out what that is and then helping the body to deal with it. That's that's the the big step is figuring out, okay, what is it that's that's wrong that I can fix and address and how can I make myself healthier? On the other hand, there are simple things that can be done. And one of the biggest is eliminating sugar from the diet. We've said it a million times on this show, sugar is the devil, right? This stuff is terrible. L- listen to this. The average American at the turn of the century, 1900s, in 1900, was consuming somewhere between three and five pounds of sugar, depending on the source that you go to. You know, they may report three pounds of sugar. The other may report five pounds of sugar per year. Now, currently, we consume per person 152 pounds of sugar a year and 146 pounds of flour per year. And flour, if you didn't know, processes through the body just like sugar, 
right? So we're basically consuming 300 pounds of inflammatory fire, right? We're just throwing fuel. We're throwing dry leaves on a fire here. That's a pound a day of garbage that we shouldn't be consuming. Right. And then people are like, I don't understand why we're sick and getting sicker. I don't know. what. Yeah, exactly. I don't know why we're sick and getting sicker. I don't know why I'm fat. I don't know why I can't lose weight. I don't know why I feel like crap. I don't know why my body is hurting. I don't know why I have heart disease. I don't know why I have all these problems. That's why right there. And on average, and think about that, all the people that, that are healthy that don't consume that, right? There, I, it, there's somebody out there that consumes, you know, just a couple pounds of, of each of those a year, right? So someone out there, that means is consuming twice that amount. I mean, holy cow, it's right, insane. to bring the average to where it is. Yeah. No, exactly. And I, and there are a lot of people who do not eat this way. And I think that it's, you know, it's funny because we get a lot of people in the office that say, I eat, you know, better than the people that are around me. So, I mean, which. Yeah, I mean, but they're drinking a two liter of, of Mountain Dew and, right. it and really polishing go, off a tends full pizza. To go in, um, you know, I mean, people tend to hang out with the people that are similar to right. them. I mean, and so it's funny because when I talk to people, a lot of times I'm surprised by the fact that people are still eating gluten and still eating dairy. And I'm like, wait a second, because I'm in a world where people just don't do that. Right. You know, where they don't eat fast food and they don't, you know, go to a restaurant unless they know that they are going to be served, um, you know, like good meat. And, you know, like the right they're you know, are caring about where all of their um, their food is sourced from. It just is. It's the environment that I'm in. But I will say that that makes it easier for me to then be healthy because people would think I was crazy if all of a sudden I showed up with a Big Mac. They'd be like, what happened to you? Because nobody I know, like, we just don't do that. I mean, and, and so it really think about that. And I, on the flip side of that, I know that it makes it sometimes harder for people who come in and they're in an environment where everyone is eating that way. It does make it harder to change. Right. Well, I mean, the, there's this condition out there. I, I, I think it was Mar- it might have been Mark Hyman that that coined the term back in the day called diabesity. Basically, it's a, a diabetic that's that's obese. I mean, this is just a condition that's it's just kind of catching on in the in the functional medicine realm of these people that can deal with this. And this is going to it. The estimates are by 2020. That's like two years from now. It's going to affect 50 percent of Americans. One out of every two. That's insane. That's in, that's just it baffles me that this is what we're dealing with, right? And the biggest thing that you can do to prevent and control cancers is to control your insulin levels. Insulin drives cancer like nobody's business. What drives insulin? Sugar. Right. Right. Well, wasn't it Dr. Dean Ornish that showed after just three months on an intensive lifestyle program, meaning whole foods, plant-based diet, over 500 genes that regulate cancer were beneficially affected? Yeah. Either turned D- off the cancer-causing genes or turned on the cancer-productive genes. Yeah, Dean Ornish actually got his diet covered by Medicare from this inf- from this stuff. Right, because no medication can do that. No, not even close, right? Another key piece of this puzzle, uh, you know, yes, you got to get rid of sugar, but another one is eliminating food sensitivities, and this blows people's mind when we throw this out. The Journal of the American Medical Association put out a study. It showed that hidden gluten sensitivity was shown to increase the risk of death by 35 to 75%, mostly by causing heart disease and cancer. 
What are our two top killers in this country? Heart disease and cancer. One and two. Across the board, men and women, doesn't matter. Holy cow. 35 to 75% increased risk of death from those two things. Wow. I mean, get gluten out of your diet, people. Right. It's not that hard. Oh, it's so difficult to be gluten-free. No, it's not. It's really not. I, I Trust it me. Is, it is hard. It's simple. It's, but it's not. It's, if it's, you're in an environment where, I mean, it's a change. It's stop a big buying change. it. Stop I, going places that serve it. It's not hard. If it were life or death, you would find a way to stop. And it is. It is. <laughs> it exactly is. It 100% is. Just quit eating it. It's not that hard. You get the choice of what goes in your mouth. Stop eating gluten. It's not that hard. <laughs> Sorry, it's a hot button topic for me. When I found out I had a gluten sensitivity, I literally stopped cold turkey. Just boom. And never looked back. Well, of course. And, you know, and I was the same way because why would you eat it if you knew that it was really harmful to your health? Right. I just, I don't understand it, but we see people all the time when we say, Sugar is killing you. And they're just like, well, I can't give up sugar. I will never understand it, but I know there are people out there like that. Right. Exactly. All right. We got to take another break. When we come back, I want to finish up talking about the things that you can do to help um, balance your system and decrease your risk of, of getting and or developing cancer. You're listening to Wellness 101. You're listening to Wellness 101, brought to you by the Institute of Natural Health. For more information, visit them online at the Institute of Natural Health.com or by phone 314 293 8123. I felt so good, like anything was possible. Get cruise control and rub my eyes. The last three days, and the rain was unstoppable. It was always cold, no sunshine. Talking about the functional medicine approach to preventing, treating cancer or people and helping people that are suffering from the the disease. So what right before the break, we were talking about, you know, decreasing sugar consumption and also decreasing um, gluten, you know, eliminating gluten, actually. Eliminating food sensitivities. Oh, yeah. Eliminating food sensitivities. But gluten is a is a big one because. Yeah. And dairy is a common trigger also. They're linked to insulin resistance. Yeah. They're linked to insulin resistance. But the big one is with gluten. What I was going back to is the um, uh, Journal of the American Medical Association put out a study that showed a 35 to 75 percent increased risk of dying from heart disease or cancer the number one and number two killer in the country by consuming gluten. That's the, that's the, that's the message here that we're trying to get across. Now, another thing that you can do is just reduce inflammation, figuring out, I mean, that's the one thing that all disease has in common. Chronic disease is yeah. yeah, Chronic disease is, is inflammation. 
I mean, most all most diseases are chronic. Right. I mean, really, if you get an infection, it's it's a you know flash in a pan, and you typically can get that taken care of relatively quickly. But these these chronic ones, inflammation is the big driving force behind those. So, if you have inf- uh, lots of inflammation, that's another thing that contributes to insulin resistance. That so we're messing up insulin again, which is a big driver of cancer, right? So it's a big piece of the puzzle. Not only cancer, but insulin resistance is a is a big deal with autoimmunity and allergies and all these other things that go along together. All this stuff is linked. So just doing what you can to decrease inflammation is, right. a, and, is and another piece. Inflammation causes insulin resistance, which then leads to more inflammation. So it which causes more insulin resistance. Right. And, I mean, it's just a it's just a vicious circle. Right, so getting rid of of the the food sensitivities, getting rid of sugar out of the diet, consuming more anti-inflammatory foods, getting lots of omega threes, those are the things that you that you want to do. Another step that you can take is improve gut health. Right, a lot of practitioners believe that cancer starts in the gut. Right, so right, not just colon cancer, but all right, cancers. not all cancers, because the gut has to be dysfunctional to create all these, you know, this inflammation, this whole chronic thing. There's a lot of pieces of that puzzle, and it's just one of the reasons why gut health has become such a big uh, topic now, because we're right. realizing how important gut health is. They're actually doing studies on the gut microbiome and breast cancer and prostate cancer, and talking about how the gut microbiome sets people up to de- to have breast and um, prostate cancer. So it's it's such an important piece of the puzzle, making sure that your that your gut is that your gut is healthy, and and doing things to to help improve the gut. You know, maybe it's uh, probiotic or or other things that you that you're taking to heal and seal the gut. And it depends on how dysfunctional your gut is. There's there's some easy testing. Well, it, it's easy testing. It's not fun testing, but it's easy testing that can be done to look at. You know how dysfunctional is your gut? There are things that can be measured to see. You know what kind, what level of of gut dysfunction are you dealing with? So that's a that's a key piece of the puzzle. Another one. This is a big one. We find this a lot. Is reducing toxic exposure. Right. The average newborn. Okay. Average newborn baby has 287 chemicals in the umbilical cord. 217 of the 287 are neurotoxic, meaning they're poisonous to your nerves or your nerve cells. This is just mind-blowing. That's how chemically overloaded our systems are. Mamas are just, I mean, this stuff is in the cord blood, so it means it's in the baby, right? We're born behind the eight ball. It, we've got to do things that, that, to, to help get rid of these, these chemicals. I mean, things that are in the cord blood, pesticides, phthalates, bisphenol A, flame retardants, heavy metals, things like mercury, lead, arsenic, cadmium. All of these things are there. Mercury and lead are huge problems. They're endocrine disruptors. They cause they cause all kinds. So that, that has to do with your hormones. So that's how your body communicates. So your whole communication system for your body is disrupted if you're dealing with a toxic metal load. All of this stuff matters, and figuring out what you have going on and reducing that load is extremely important to help you prevent having cancer in the future or helping your body detoxify this stuff if you're already suffering with cancer. Figuring this stuff out is a is a big step. Another piece of this puzzle. Oh, and you can if you're looking for more information on like what you know how are there healthier products out there if you're wanting to decrease chemical exposure and stuff like that. Environmental Working Group has a great website ewg.org for the Environmental Working Group can help you like with you know telling you what products out there are safest and best. So 
That's a big one. We said earlier, another one, we talked about thoughts, and thoughts affect your immune system, right? No one takes the time anymore. Where It's all rush, 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 go, go, go. And what we think about is is all this just whirlwind of stuff. No one takes time to calm their thoughts and, and react to things differently. There are strategies that you can employ to help you handle your thoughts and, and, and stress in this manner, right? There are a lot of studies out there that are, there are not studies. There are a lot of strategies out there that you can combat or prevent cancer by getting enough sleep, controlling your stress levels, getting enough exercise. All of these things play a role in, in how your immune system functions. So if you're, Well, I mean, I I just a lot of people think, okay, well, that's great if you are able to figure it out, if you have time to exercise, whatever. But, you know, I don't think a lot of people realize how integral that is to our overall health. Right. It makes a big difference. And so um, those aren't just like, you know, these mild suggestions that, hey, if you have time, you might want to address this. Like it's really going to impact your overall health and whether you end up with a disease like cancer. Right. And so, I mean, the biggest piece of the puzzle is figure out what works for you, develop a plan and stick to it. That's one of the one of the biggest takeaways from this whole topic today is just figuring out something for yourself and know that there's other things out there that you can do. If you're dealing with this condition, know that there's other things out there that you could be doing to to help, right? So these are, this is just, I just hope that you, you know, take my advice and find someone out there in your area that can help you, you know, navigate this whole, this whole system, right? So if you've been diagnosed or know someone that has it, you know, let them know, hey, there are things that you can do to help combat figuring, figuring things out. Two people with the same type of cancer aren't necessarily going to, they may be completely different. They're not necessarily the same. And that's an important piece to understand that you could be completely different. But if you want more information, please find us online, theinstituteofnaturalhealth.com. Call us, 314-293-8123. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram. We've got lots of information out there. We'd love to help you as much as we possibly can. Um, That's about all for today. For Aaron, I'm Dr. TJ. This has been Wellness 101. Thanks for listening. Wellness 101 has been brought to you by the Institute of Natural Health, your destination for functional medicine in St. Louis. For more information, visit them online at theinstituteofnaturalhealth.com or by phone, 314-293-8123.